This is the Kingdom at Hand. I'm Pastor Joe Faldet. Today we're going to be talking about prophecy, and I explain why during the sermon. And so I'm not going to use this time for that. But nevertheless, if you'd like to find more of our information, you can always check us out online, www.hosannafreelutheran.com. Or if you want to watch these sermons, you can always check out our YouTube page, Hosanna Free Lutheran Church. So, unfortunately, we're not going through judges uh, today. We're actually going to be doing something that I, I feel very uncomfortable doing. And we're going to be uh, doing a topical sermon. Um, the reason that I don't do topical sermons is because I find that Preachers who often do topical sermons will take what they want to say and then they'll find scriptures that kind of fit with what they want to say and then they'll just use those because, you know, they want to say this and so I'm going to find this verse here and this verse here. I was listening to one preacher doing a topical sermon one day and uh, I think he actually ended up using six different Bible translations during his sermon in order to get his... (laughs) in order to get his point across, because there were other Bible translations that, that disagreed with his point, and so he didn't use those. Um, and I was really kind of disappointed. So I don't, I don't like doing topical sermons, and that's the reason, because I don't trust myself. But since we had a prophecy last week, and people have asked me now, okay, what do we do? Well... We do what every Christian should do when you have something you don't know what to do with. We're going to go to the Word of God and see what God has to say about it. So if you'd please rise as we look at 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 19 through 22. That's found on page 1,258 in your Black Pew Bible. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 19 through 22. And I read in Jesus' name. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. But test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Let us pray. Father, as we come to study prophecy, what your word has to say about prophecy, Lord, I pray that we would have the humility to submit to your word, Lord, and that you would be glorified through this and that you would then change us and indeed make us more like Christ. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So since my introduction's already done, we're just going to dive right into this First Thessalonians passage. And, and this is, it's an important passage. Now, how many of you have ever heard the word cessationalist? Not sensationalist, cessationalist. Any of you? Theological? Okay, Bruce has. Um, so a cessationalist believes that the gifts, the manifestation gifts, note that, the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit have ceased. People no longer speak in tongues. People no longer give prophecies. There's no longer healings. None of those things exist. The Holy Spirit doesn't work miracles anymore. They have all ceased. That's called a cessationalist. I can honestly stand up here and tell you I am not one. Um, Why? This passage. It's 
well, there's other passages too, but this is the predominant one for me. Why I'm not a cessationalist. Because this was written by Paul to the church in Thessalonica. And as Paul was writing to that church, that's been preserved for us for all eternity. Well, not all eternity, but as long as time exists. And so with this, Paul says, do not despise prophecy. What does that mean? Well, when you despise something, you think, well, really what you're doing is you're prejudging it. You're being prejudiced to prophecy. So if, if someone has a prophecy, if someone believes that God has spoken to them, you would just say, God doesn't speak like that. We've got the Bible. God doesn't speak like that. We've got Moses. I'm, I'm not going to keep spitting because we actually tell our kids to not do that. So, <laughs> But that's what it means to despise prophecy. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm not going to listen to that because we have everything we need. You know, we have, we have Moses. We have the prophets. We have the books of history. We have all of that stuff. We have Paul. We have Peter. We have Jesus. We have a lot when you really think about it. We have a lot. We have all of that. Why would God need to say any more? I've actually, I've had people come up to me, not personally, but teach me, um, in sessions that I've been in, that if the Holy Spirit was to speak today, he would just quote scripture because we have enough. Like, he might quote scripture, but where do you find that he would just quote scripture? Because that word just is important. So if someone says that God spoke to me, do I, am I allowed to stand here and say, nah, God doesn't do that anymore. God doesn't speak not allowed to say that why because paul tells us we're not allowed to say that and if paul tells us we're not allowed to say that who am i to despise paul he had a closer walk with god than i did than i do he is an apostle so he is a representative of christ we are representatives of christ too and so when paul says don't despise prophecy we have to stop and say oh I suppose that means I shouldn't despise prophecy. But what does that mean then? Okay, now I can't just prejudge it. What should I do? Well, Paul goes, he continues. But, so don't despise prophecy, but this is how you deal with it. Not despising. This is how you deal with it. Test everything. And in the Greek, that can be translated, test every spirit you know, and, and that's, that's interesting um, for a number of reasons. But that, so we test every spirit. We test every manifestation. Because not every manifestation is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And the reality is we live in a world of spirits. We, we as modern Americans, we like, well, postmodernists and some of us modernists actually, um, we like to think of the world as being material. Like what's real? That's real. What's real? I'm glad that wasn't hollow. That's real. <laughs> I'm always scared when I do something like that. <laughs> the wrong sound is going to come out. And then you'll know. Um, so I had Mark Zuckerberg never does that. Um, no. <laughs> I don't want to go ting, ting, ting. Um, what's real? These, are these things real? 
Well, we like to think so. They're empirical. We can touch them. We can taste. I'm not going to taste that. Um, But we could if we wanted to. I'm sure that many of our kids have tasted that as they've gone about chewing on things. We think the empirical world is real. The problem with the empirical world is it changes. And so, you know, today this is wood. At one point, it was a living tree. At one point, it was sunlight and dirt. At some point in the future, it, it might become charcoal. I hope not. But, you know, it's going to become dust. Over time, everything turns back to dust. And so we say, well, this is real. Well, according to what timeline? Is this real? The spiritual world doesn't change. The Holy Spirit is more real than these things. Demons and angels are unchanging. They do things, but they don't change. They don't change position. They're more real. The spiritual world is more real than the physical world. And so when Paul says, test everything, hold fast to what is good, we say, okay, what manifestation is this? Is this a spirit of that which is good? Is this calling us to that which is good? Or is this calling us to something that's evil? Because there are prophecies that call to evil as well. What would you say is Islam? What is Islam? Islam is the manifestation of a prophecy. The Quran is a prophecy. It's an extended prophecy. It happened over multiple days. But it is a prophecy. What do we do with that? Well, don't despise prophecies. Oh, then we'll just accept Islam. No. We test every prophecy. We test prophecies. Well, and we hold fast to the ones that are good. And we reject the ones that are evil. Because if we think about prophecy, and that's not the only prophecy that's ever been evil. You know, because there are many people throughout this world that have claimed to be prophets. You know, Joseph Smith claimed to be a prophet. He could look into a seeing, you know, stick his head in his hat and look into a seeing stone, and then boom, we've got Mormonism. You really want to read an interesting history of religion? Mormonism is interesting. <laughs> so, but he claimed to be a prophet. Brigham Young was a prophet. We still have a modern day prophet in Mormonism. Do we hold fast to Mormonism? I'm not a Mormon. I have rejected that as being evil. Not good. We reject that which is evil. Abstain from every form of evil. And so prophecies run on two lines. Those which point us to Christ and those which point us away. How do we know? We test them. Who does this testing? Who's responsible for this? We're going to look at 1 Corinthians. And I don't have the page numbers up there, so if you catch it before I do, just shout it out. Um, 1 Corinthians 14. Verses 26 through 33. That's found on page 1,221 in your Black Pew Bible. So 1 Corinthians 14, verses 26 through 33, found on page 1,221. First off, any questions? Sorry, I'm going to run this more like a class than a normal sermon. There aren't any questions, so we're going to continue on. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 26 through 33. Again, I read in Jesus' name. What then, brothers? So this is worship, orderly worship. What then, brothers? When you come together, that's what we've done. Each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. So that's the purpose of all of these things. 
You bring something to the congregation, what's the purpose of it? It's to glorify myself. No. It's to build up the body. Let all things be done for the building up. That's important. That's one way we test. Um, If any speak in a tongue, let there be only two, or at most three, and each in turn, and let someone interpret. We're not going to touch on that one today, although that's a fun one too. Um, but if there is no one to interpret, let each of, them, each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to prophets. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So what, who, who does this wane? What does this mean? What does this look like? So in the days, in 1 Corinthians days, there would have two or three speakers. Prophets. So, how many of you have ever had a dream? That has come true. Any of you? A number of you, actually. That's remarkable. How many of you have ever known something that you shouldn't have known? You just had a word come, knowledge come. It just comes. I have. Whether that be a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, just understand things that you, you have no right to understand. What is that? Does that mean that all of you are prophets? That's prophecy. No. Because a prophet, that doesn't mean that we're all... So, when we think about prophecy, how would I explain? I Actually, I was reading a book yesterday by a guy named Roger Scruton. I was, you know, needed to kind of relax. And, and so I, I read a, probably the deepest philosophical book I've ever written, ever, ever read. Um, <laughs> It wasn't relaxing. It was challenging. But as he was talking about the transcendence, so he's talking about God, talking about God to an empiricist, someone who doesn't believe that there, anything exists other than material world. As he was talking about it, I was trying to visualize what he was saying, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to quote his words because it was difficult, but I'm going to demonstrate to you my visualization. How many of you have ever walked on the ice? Any of you? So when you're walking on ice. Any of you ever walk on ice so clear that you can see through it? That's kind of fun. I enjoy that. Um, that, That's not my point, but that, yeah. As you're walking on the ice, is there something below you? Is there something deeper? So that ice, that's our material world. There's something that's deeper than that. Now the thing is, the transcendent can reach up through that ice. God can reach up through the material world in order to reveal himself. That's when God shows miracles. That's when God has, there are revelations. That's when God speaks to people. God can reach up through that, through that ice. But we can't reach down through that. I can't find God through, I can't attain God. I can't grab on to God, but God can reveal himself to me. God can reach up, but I can't reach down. I can't grab the mind of God. I can't make God speak to me. 
I can't make God perform a miracle. I can't make God do that stuff. I can't reach down in order to get that power. That's what magic is. That's people trying to figure out how to reach down into that transcendent, into that spiritual realm. And if you reach down into that spiritual realm, there are things that are happy to let you grab onto them. But they're not things that you want to grab onto. That's the demonic world. And that exists. As much as the Holy Spirit is real, demons are real. This is reality. We don't play with demons. We trust God. We walk in this material realm, not trying to grab that which is spiritual and gain control over it. Because demons will say, hey, I'll bite. And then I'll take you. And so, during a time like this, during a time of gathering together, Paul's saying, the Holy Spirit's going to speak. Let two or three people speak. Let two or three prophets speak. Someone that proclaims the word of God. Because what, a, what is a prophet? A prophet is someone who brings the word of God forward. And sometimes that word of God comes through a revelation to that individual. Sometimes the word of God comes through the scriptures. Say, predominantly the word of God comes through the scriptures. If you read the Old Testament prophets in light of the books of Moses, you will be amazed at how often the books of Moses are quoted in the Old Testament prophets. You know, when Isaiah, I, I think most, well, specifically what comes to my mind is Isaiah starts out the book of Isaiah and he says, he, and he calls heaven and earth to be a witness against the Israelites. And when he's doing that, he's actually quoting Deuteronomy. He's saying, God has already said this, therefore you guys, you need to come and to bear witness against the Israelites because God has fulfilled his side of the covenant and you have not. And so all he's doing is he's quoting Deuteronomy and applying that into the days of Isaiah. And so what is that? We would call that a sermon. Like that was a sermon. Was that sermon inspired by the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. Am I standing here saying that all of my sermons are inspired by the Holy Spirit? I pray that the Holy Spirit uses my sermons. How about that? <laughs> but that's what this is. And so we're not saying that you have to, you know, be sitting in your room all quiet and just say, okay, God, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me. Like, that's not what this is. It's speaking forth the Word of God. I'm reading the Word of God. It's like, this is a message that we need. I'm reading the book of Judges, and what pops out to me? It's like, this is the message that we need. Why do we need this message? I have no idea. I don't know. But somebody needs to hear this. And it's possible that that somebody's me. It's possible that somebody's you guys. And so two or three speak. That's why we do our Advent lessons and our Lenten lessons the way that we do them. Having a panel of people bringing the Word of God. Because it's all of our responsibilities to weigh these things we need to be studying these truths. We need to be weighing these things because that's all of our responsibilities. Let, all, let the others, not the other prophets, but the others that are gathered there together. And so when I preach, I want Barb to be weighing what I'm saying. When I preach, I need to have Levi weighing what I'm saying instead of hiding in the back. <laughs> you guys need to be weighing what I'm saying because you know what? I'm human. And I might get something wrong. That happens. So you are to weigh these things. So what happens when someone gets up and just starts speaking? What do we do then? You know, it's interesting. Paul says that spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. 
What does that mean? It means that, well, Paul says here in uh, 14, verse 32, and the spirits of prophets are subject to prophets. So my spirit is subject to me. Have you ever seen someone lose themselves in a state of ecstasy? You know, this ecstatic state. Nathaniel and I watched a documentary on voodoo coming out of Haiti. It was really interesting. But in that, they filmed, they did a documentary. I still can't believe that that was on PBS. They did a documentary observing a man giving himself over to demons. Think about that. They used tobacco, heat, exhaustion, and alcohol. Those were the means that this guy used to lose himself into the spiritual world so that the demons, and they were demons, they called them gods, but they were demons, would speak through this man. And they did this for, you remember how long that was, Nathaniel? It was like, it was all day long. And they, you know, sprinkling of pig blood. and It was gross. It was sad. But in the end, the demon took him. The demon took him. And he lost himself. And he no longer had control of himself. Here, Paul says, the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. And so if someone loses themselves and says, that, and says that's the Holy Spirit, I can't help but speak. Like, no, you can if you lose yourself, if you're possessed by something, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's another spirit. If there's something trying to take control of you, that no longer is willing to say, okay, I can stop. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's demonic activity. That's the wrong spirit. And that's scary. Because that's a reality. The spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. If it's the Holy Spirit... Say, Brian wanted to get up and start speaking. I could stop, believe it or not. I, I could. <laughs> you know, does that give me the right to just run over him because you know I've got the spirit is moving? No. If I lose myself into it, that's a sign that that's not the Holy Spirit. So we take care with these things. Because all of you are called to be observing these things and weighing all of these things. To make sure that the things that I say, whether that be in a sermon or whether that be in some other form of prophecy, that that actually lines up with the word of God. Which brings us to our third point. How do we test? Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 5. There's actually a number of passages that give us stipulations as to how we test. Um, we're going to look at the Deuteronomy one because that's kind of fundamental. Uh, again, if you reach it before I do, just shut out the page number. 200? Okay, Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 5, on page 200. Again, I read in Jesus' name, Deuteronomy 13, verses 1 through 5. If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder that he tells you comes to pass, and if he says, let us go after other gods, which you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him 
and keep his commandments and obey his voice and you shall serve him and hold fast to him. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has taught rebellion against the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, who redeemed you out of the house of slavery to make you leave the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. And so we'll touch on that last one first. Um, Paul uses that purge the evil from your midst in terms of excommunication. And so in New Testament times, Paul says, you've got to purge the evil from your midst. Does that mean that we kill all of the non-Christians that come in here? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> if, if someone rises up and calls us as a church to follow after another God, we say, you're not one of us. We label them a non-Christian. We say, you are not part of this body. You are not part of this fellowship. You need to leave until you're willing to submit to Christ. Someone comes in here and actively teaches you heresy. They need to be removed from the congregation. Does that mean that we don't talk to them or interact with them in the streets? No. But that means that they have no place to teach here. They have no place of authority. They have no right here. We purge the evil from our midst. So with this, are signs evidence of a prophet? Yeah, no. That's not the foundational evidence. The fact that a prophecy comes true isn't a foundation. Now, if that prophecy doesn't come true, whatever. It's just someone blowing smoke. Whatever. You know, that's why I don't trust weathermen. <laughs> I just like to be a weatherman. Yeah, they're not really prophesying. Um, how do you know? Because they're wrong, like 60% of the time. Um, but... So someone does predict something. God does give them a sign. Hi, Soren. God gives them a sign. God speaks to, or they, they, something comes to them and speaks through them. And then they say, in five days or in ten days or in a hundred days, this is going to happen. Now, if someone comes and says, you know what, in 300 years, this is going to happen. You look at them and say, I ain't listening. I'm not buying that. Why? Because you can't, you can't test it. You can't test it. And so Notre Dame, Nathaniel. That's true. Daniel had already established himself as a prophet, though. And so when you think about... You're welcome. <laughs> when you, so that's actually another way that we test this. Is, you know, we look at signs and someone's able to do this sign. Someone's able to build this church. You know, some people will say, obviously, they're preaching the word of God because they've got all these people following them. It's like, that, no. That's not evidence of the working of the Holy Spirit. The amount of people, well, their church has lots of money. You know, that's evidence of the Holy Spirit. No, that's not evidence of the Holy Spirit. These external forms are not evidence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says you'll know a tree by its fruits. And so that's how we do with Daniel. And that's one of the reasons that the prophets who come in from the outside, you put them to greater tests because you can't test their character. You know, and so someone comes in from Texas or, you know, Florida, <laughs> Arizona, who knows? Someone comes in from some area other than what we know. We can't test them. You know, they come from Minneapolis. We don't know anybody that knows them. What do you do? You don't just look at the sign. You actually, you have to look further. So if, if Edgar claims to be a prophet, we look at his life. 
How's he living? You know a tree by its fruit. What's coming out of this? Someone claims to be a pastor. Claims the word of God. Look at the people that follow him. What happens to the people that follow him? Are they built up? Do they walk with the Lord closer? Do they proclaim the gospel? Do they mature? Do they grow? Or do they become depressed? Saddened? Fearful? Dark? I know a large church in the cities that people have attended. And when they've put to practice the teachings of the pastor, they started losing their faith. They don't trust in the love of God. They don't rely on Christ. They don't evangelize. He's a pastor, at least was a pastor, I don't know if he's still pastoring, of a very large church with multiple satellites. I, looked at, I look at the fruits of that pastor and I say, well, that's not good fruit. It's not good fruit. That's scary. That's a reality. By their fruit, you will know them. Daniel, by his fruit, you knew him. Signs? Signs aren't the point. Signs are to draw attention. But a sign is a revelation that there's something greater beyond it. If that prophet is leading you towards other gods, you know at that moment this isn't legit. If that prophet is leading you towards other gods like themselves, if they're just taking this to draw attention to themselves in order to gain power, in order to gain prestige, in order to rise above the people, in order to gain money, in order to gain fame, whatever they're trying to gain, if they are exalting themselves as God, you've got problems. If they're saying, look to me, come to me, that's a false god. They're saying, look to Jesus. I know Jesus. You need to know Jesus. Because everything I have is because of Jesus. All right. Because they're pointing to the proper God there. They're saying, come to me. You want to talk to God? Come to me. You want to hear from God? Come to me. You want to hear from God? Go to Pastor Joe. I'm not God. Don't point people to me. Point people to Jesus. And so this is oftentimes what prophets do. These people who call themselves prophets or apostles sometimes. What are they saying? Come to me. What is that? That's a false god. So we test them. Watch the fruits. Watch where they're pointing. Who are they looking to? Because that's a test for us. Because prophecies exist on a number of levels. And they're so fascinating. Because they exist in order for God to speak to us, to encourage us, to build us up, to teach us, to guide us. And then at the same time, God doesn't preserve that in its absolute purity. Why? In order to test us. Are you going to follow me or are you going to follow sensationalism? Are you going to follow me or are you going to follow that which is exciting? Because in all honesty, a lot of these guys... They're, they're way more exciting than I am. <laughs> Jim, you don't have to agree to that. <laughs> Man. Bother. Do we just follow that which, you know, that's a, it must be yeah, time to end. That's, a, that's what that's a sign of. But it's to test us. Are you going to follow 
God? Are you going to walk in obedience to Christ? Because that's what he's, that's what God is saying here. For the Lord your God is testing you. Unto what? To know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. Tests will come. If we listen to prophecies, there's going to be bad ones. How do we prevent that? Can't. Either we despise prophecy and don't follow Christ, or we test them. We have to test them. Because in testing them, we're actually walking in obedience to Christ. We're loving God and saying, God, you know best. We trust you. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments, not my commandments, and obey his voice, and you shall serve him and hold fast to him. This is our calling in this world. Not to say, Holy Spirit doesn't speak anymore, but to say, is this actually from God or not? And as we ask that question, that honestly, who do we want to be like? The Bereans. They were more noble than the people of Thessalonica. which We just quoted that. Because they searched the scriptures to see if these things were true. When Paul came and proclaimed the gospel, the people of Thessalonica said, garbage. That's not what I know. But the people of Berea said, what does the Bible have to say about this? So if someone comes here and says, women, you got to wear blue dresses. Yeah, no. But if someone comes and says, people of Ozana, you need to worship Jesus. You need to proclaim his word. You need to know him. You need to walk with him and say, that's biblical. Any questions? Okay. I saw a hand go up. And was just, Ethan's just playing with his fingers. All right. Cool. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for guidance. Lord, you know better than we do. Lord, I pray that we would not despise prophecy, but that we would approach it in fear. Lord, knowing that we have to test it, but that we don't have to test it according to our wisdom, that we can test it according to your word. Lord, that we can hear and see and look. Lord, that your word acts as boundaries for prophecy. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for prophecy. We pray that you would grant us the humility, Lord, to test and to be the willingness to be tested. Lord, to see whether these things are true or not. Lord, that we might hold fast to what is good and reject that which is evil, to abstain from all evil. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.